Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. This is Afternoon Pancakes. My name is Jared. I'm here with my good friend, Steven. And how are you today, sir? I'm doing fantastic. Glad to be back. Yeah, how was your vacation? It was good. Lots of uh, lots of fun stuff down in uh, Disney World uh, with mm-hmm. my daughters, and mm-hmm. they had a good time. And so, as long as they have a good time, I have a good time. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was nice to get away, and uh, still still was able to uh, to fly up for the the first of the the two back to back home games, uh, the Atlanta game, where. When you and I were able to to meet up after, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it was it was a good good thing. I'm excited to talk about uh, this this week's game and and trying to to look forward, even though everybody's got like this down doomsday scenario in their head because they <laughs> lost to an underrated Oakland Raiders team this week and face like the ridiculous team in Kansas City next week. Absolutely. So. So obviously the Colts uh, lose at home. Uh, it's the Oakland Raiders in Week Four. Final score: Oakland 31, uh, Indianapolis 24. In what was mostly um, kind of dominated by the Oakland kind of rushing attack, right? Almost 200 yards in the ground. Colts still haven't given up a 100-yard rusher. But we gotta admit, we gotta give credit where credit's due. It's like due. the worst stat. Like it's such a meaningless stat when they yeah, give up 200 yards is. rushing, but then they're like, yeah, oh, they have four guys at 70 it. yards. Yeah. Yeah. One of um, them was like a 60-yard run on an end around because Vanagu got sucked in. But anyway, we'll talk about that all later. Yeah. So the the hard reality though is is the the Oakland running game uh, tore us up. They they literally uh, pulled Trevor Davis off the street and beat him with us. Uh, beat him with it. But that's and again, um, you know the Colts certainly came into this game the favorite, right? You know, and I'd even kind of caution people uh, about it. People have started to message me and ask me for uh, advice on who to bet on, and I just told them for last week. Look, the Colts are almost a touchdown favorite, six and a half, seven points. I don't believe that. Like, I think it's going to be a closer game than that. And I didn't think the Colts would lose. But if you go back, I, I'm always, the as soon as something happens and a game ends and you're like, man, we came up short. I think, like, what is the primary reason we lost today? My brain immediately said, well, you had no T.Y. Hilton. You had no Reese Fountain, no Devin Funches. Those are wide receivers one, two, and three in no particular order, all summer long, every rep, until Funches went down and Fountain went down. And then T.Y. got injured last week in the game. And uh, Marlon Mack uh, went out today. Went out Sunday, anyway. 
So the Colts were really injured at the skill position in this particular game. And then in the game, Chester Rogers seemed like he was having a pretty good day. And he gets knocked out of the game, too. Uh, on top of all of that, Eric Ebron uh, had a few drops. Still had a big touchdown there late in the game. To get yeah, the, oh. the one drop, I, I know that people are, like, blasting Ebron, and, and rightfully so for a couple of those plays. Um, but there was one, the one deep ball on the sideline, like, people were telling me that that was a drop, and I went back and rewatched it, and I he saw, like, it. It, 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 it got close to him, but then you had the safety, or, or the, uh, I think it was the safety, came over and, like, just crushed his arm, like, in yeah. the process, and I was like, sometimes that breaks a guy's arm. Like, yeah. we're real lucky that Ebron didn't actually get hurt on that play with the, the safety coming over and just whacking the ball, or whacking the ball and, and nailing his arm. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, you know, tough games happen. Yeah. Um, and it's one of those things where you and I cautioned people, I think at the beginning of the season we talked about this, where we said, look, this Oakland game could be a trap game. Yep. It's... You know, Oakland, as you saw from, like, I, I really liked Oakland's draft this year. Beyond Cleveland and Farrell at four overall was a little bit ridiculous. But, you know, the, the other guys they took, I loved Max Crosby coming out uh, in the draft this past year. I thought that he would be a fantastic player in the NFL just because of his motor and, and his ability. He had a great testing times, was productive in college. And so I thought that he would translate and. Clearly, he played really well here in Indianapolis um, this this past week, and so it's yeah, just the, he had the strip on Paris Campbell. He had the strip on Paris Campbell. He had two batted balls at the line of scrimmage uh, that I remember off the top of my head. Uh, he was they were just such a a um, they wanted it more. Yeah, uh, I mean to put it to put it squarely is they wanted this game more. They were coming off two losses in a row and they needed it to at least stay in, stay in contention because you can't go one in three with your other division rivals being the chargers and the chiefs mm -hmm. and expect to make it in the AFC. Like that, it's just not going to happen. And so they just wanted it more and they, they took it. Good for am them. I am I crazy to want to see uh, Jordan Wilkins run the ball a little more? No, no, I think you'll. I, I not necessarily. I think that he's a good good spell back for Marlon Mack. The problem is Mack seems like he's got that that ankle injury is lingering yeah. right now, and it's kind of like last year um, when he came back in week five or six, and they they brought him back and he wasn't a hundred percent. You saw it, and he was timid. Because yeah. he was still coming off that injury. Once he got fully healthy, he was dominant. And at the yeah. beginning of the season this year, first two weeks of the season, he was dominant. Dominant, yeah. And then he got dinged. And it's one of those things where maybe that's just him as a player. Is He's a little more tentative when he's hurt. Yeah, rightfully so. He's going to keep his yeah. job, right? Like, I get it. Like, that's, that's kind of what you want to do. Or That's not what you want to do, but... You want to try to, like you said, you try to keep your job, you're trying to preserve your health, yeah. but you sit there and you you realize or you see when he's dinged up, there's an issue with that team or with that running game. And Jordan Wilkins, I think, was maybe the better back yes, uh, this past week. 
Yeah, I mean, and guys like Naheem Hines are getting all kinds of opportunities uh, with everybody and their brother out for the game. I was certainly uh, not shocked, more like validated uh, watching Zach Pascal make a few big plays um, on on Sunday on the comeback trail. For the record, I, I literally have just now watched the game, I think my third time. Um, it really felt like uh, Zach Pascal is kind of come along and come around. I mean, he he comes to to me. He plays a li- just a touch better than Inman did last year. Um, a little a little more. He, he's likely to make that snag. Yeah, yeah, he's playing better than Inman, and he's a more willing blocker. Yeah, like I said on Twitter, that to me, uh, Pascal is more like. A, a poor man's Heinz Ward at this point. They, that wide receiver there will go in and do the dirty work. Oh, yeah. um, but if you if you need a play and your other guys aren't available, like you can throw it to him yeah. and he'll make a catch. And he doesn't have, you know, Heinz Ward's just pure ability. I mean, Heinz Ward is right. what, like a third round pick out of, like, I think it was Georgia or something like that. Yeah. Kind of like, pulling that out of memory, huh? Um, but it, it's one of those things where he is... He's a willing he's he's not gonna get cut. Like, you know, and, and this is what we said leading up to to cut roster cuts to the fifty three. Zach Pascal is a that hard worker, that blue collar wide receiver that comes in and and makes these blocks and and he just does all the little things that you want in a wide receiver. And I think that's huge for this team. But you can't have him as your number two wide receiver in a game and expect to win. Right. Like that's the tough part is like, he's a great wide receiver, you know, three wide receiver four. You want to surprise him. They, they surprised him in the Atlanta game. They, they used him uh, on that wheel route in the Atlanta game that, that broke free on that fake screen. And nobody thought, cause I don't think they'd thrown to him all year, but he's got the reliable hands. He's a good player. And you know, it's just, you just gotta, you gotta work with what you got, and right now the the Colts are are dinged up all over all over the place. Kind of kind of stinks not to be able to see like the true potential because this team's got talent for days. But when you're you're down, you're all pro linebacker, you're all the you're you know Pro Bowl, multiple Pro Bowl wide receiver, your number two wide receiver, your running back gets your your you know top running back gets dinged up. You're down, you're you know all pro linebacker, and you know potential all pro safety yeah what are you gonna do like you're gonna you're gonna lean, you're gonna talent. lean on the likes i mean just get ready for this and and here's what i'd like to see moving forward obviously it kind of goes without saying a little better ball security would be great thanks um but more than that you know we were kind of talking about uh before the podcast that if we had any kind of knock on Jacoby Brissett is that he, um, when he has to extend the play, he's usually doing it with his feet and he's not doing it with his arm because he's not getting back to his third and fourth options. And that's merely a symptom of something that something that people don't realize is that what you, and it's, it's something I've been through with other aspects of my life. You have to practice for when the play breaks down. And most, I can bet you dollars most people do not practice because I played football my whole life. And I can tell you that you don't practice for when the play breaks down for when 
everybody's covered and you have to roll out and you have to create and things like that. And all, all I'm sure Jacoby's being coached to do is get a positive play regardless of what happens. You have to be thinking about the fact that Frank Reich's a quarterback too. And if we're sitting here talking about how banged up they are, you can bet going into that game that Jacoby and Frank sat down and they just said, look, man, everybody's, everybody's banged up. We're going to try to draw up a game plan that puts you in the best possible position to succeed. We're going to try to get guys good looks. And, and what I did see that I liked was getting your playmakers in space and trying to give people a run up and let them go. Right. Because it's pretty obvious that the Oakland Raider defense was keying on Marlon Mack when he was in. That's why he went out banged up is because he was getting whacked. Right. Um, and they're they're focusing on him. And then other than that, they just played pretty good defense and they got uh, they got a lift from the player of the game in my eyes was LaMarcus Joyner. He was all over the oh, field for sure. He he, for, he made he so many everywhere. Mm-hmm. He made all kinds of plays. Yeah. It was it was like literally watching someone and being like, have I just forgotten who this kid is? Like, did I not? I watched him. He played at Florida State. He's like an insane player. I forgot he signed with Oakland. And like he yeah. just signed it. He had signed a four year deal with him, like a big money, too. And like he made so many plays. And I was like, wow, he's such a dynamic defensive player. And then you just think about he had seven tackles, two tackles for loss. Yeah. And, and that led that, the and that led the. He's not Raiders. a corner. He's a corner, right? Yeah. That's a like corner, a lot. That's a, a DB, lot of yeah. work. That's a lot of work for a corner. Um, but they, And there were several instances of the game where a play was made by Oakland, and I thought, oh, that's called a plus play for the defense. So that's similar to where we, we knock Jacoby Brissett for not being real good when the play breaks down and when these guys aren't get, able to get open. But that's because these defenses are seeing the same thing you are, right? Like, Oh, this is the route pattern they're running. This is how we'll defend it. They practice it all week. When they line up in this formation, this is what they run out of it. You always got to be watching this RPO. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You think about how you game plan against Jacoby Brissett, and of course it's going to be pressure their hands, right? Like get get your hands on their hands. Uh, try to stay close enough to your man to make a play on the ball, you know, because the Colts wide receivers are banged up. So these guys that are playing behind the stars – are going to come in and they're going to be shaky, right? And they're going to get alligator arms and they're going to turn their head before they've completed the catch and things like like things that you watch every Sunday and you're like, geez, mm-hmm. you'd think you practice for this. You know, every ball you catch, you look it all the way in and then you tuck and then you turn, right? Like we, that was a thing yeah. the whole life, right? So it bo- always bothers me when you see guys that have are so – one of the things I've noticed is guys uh, playing – knowing they're going to get hit and giving up on the play instead of like, what if you make the catch, get hit and get hit hard, but you hold onto the ball. Don't you feel like that much more, you know what I mean? Your career is not going to give you over because you get hit by a safety. Eric Ebron. I'm just telling you, he was, especially if they're not targeting. Right. So on, on that note, uh, football's bad boy for life. Uh, Vontez perfect. Uh, went head hunting after my man Jack Doyle, who uh, proved again to be a real, pretty reliable weapon uh, and a good outlet for Jacoby on Sunday. Um, but Vontez Burford got himself ejected, my friends, uh, and I believe he's gone yeah. for the season now. He was suspended for the season by the yeah. NFL. Yeah, and the crazy thing is he got to the locker room they all packed up and Oakland's playing in 
London yeah. this next week. And so for everybody with your fantasy teams, be sure you realize Oakland is playing this week in fantasy in London. So any of those players that are playing in London, set them on your fantasy team early. Anyway, regardless, he flew to London, got, got through customs, got to the team hotel, and then got informed, hey, by the way, you're suspended for the season. Oh, wow. Now, he's obviously going to appeal to that. Um, I don't see that getting overturned because it was just such an egregious hit and like such one where it didn't even need to happen. Like the guy, like Doyle at that point is just sitting there on his knees, not really even trying to get up. All he had to do was run by and put a hand on him. And instead he shoots his head like a missile. It's like, you know, uh, I want to say like Street Fighter 2, you had E-Honda that would do that and just throw his head straight at you in one of his fighting moves. Right. And like just do like this giant missile launch with his head. And it was like, seriously, what the heck are you doing? Like, that's crazy. And it's obviously not the first time for Vontez Burkbeck, which obviously plays into the NFL since submitting him for the rest of the season. Um, I think if it were, you know, somebody else. We, we had a – there was a discussion because when um, – Josh Allen got knocked out in the Buffalo game when he got hit in the head. Um, there was a discussion about that uh, and saying there's some guy that said that that was way worse than the hit the perfect hit had on had on Jack Doyle. And I couldn't help but respond. I guess I, I just wanted to respond. So I not to say, it. Um, but anyway, um, and it was, there's some key points to consider in this and, and people get this confused all the time with, with the rules is Jack Doyle at that point was considered a defenseless receiver and so or a defenseless player. And so at that point, there's extra protections put in place for him to protect him from getting smashed in the head um, without being able to protect himself and see it coming. And so when a player uses their shoulder or, or head to, you know, hit into the head or shoulders of a defenseless player, that is a penalty mm-hmm. with, the Josh Allen uh, situation, he was running. And it, if you are a running player, you are not defenseless. And so no, if you get whacked in the head, that happens. Yeah, the ball carrier. Like, you are a ball carrier. It is not a penalty. Mm-hmm. And so unless the guy you know, leads with his helmet, which is a, a relatively new rule the past couple of years, is if the guy leads with his helmet and basically spears him, then that's a penalty. If you watch that play with the New England player, I don't know who the New England player was, but they went in, they led with their shoulder. Josh Allen started to go down, shoulder hit into the Josh Allen's head, knocked Allen out of the game. And yeah, it sucks. You hate to see people get injured regardless of what team you root for. But that was not a penalty because he is a runner. He is not a defenseless player, which is completely opposite to what happened in the Colts and Raiders game where perfect. Uh, put his head down, launched himself, hit Doyle in the head with the crown of his head. It is the exact reason. Like, that is the the video that the NFL shows of do not do this. <laughs> right? Hey, like, this is not how you play this game. Yeah. Like, this is the instructional video to the NFL, to all the players that say, oh, I don't know what this what this call is. And then the NFL just sends this video link of like a five second video. Like it really could be like a 15 second highlight of Vontez Burfax plays. And that would be NFL just saying, don't do what he does. 
Yeah. Ever. This one thing about Vontez Perfect, I've waited to say this because now that he's out of the league, you can really get away with whatever you want. But when that money runs out, all the people will remember Vontez Perfect for is head hunting. That's all that you'll be remembered for. Nobody, nobody will care about how good, good you are at your job if you literally were trying to hurt people. And I get it, man. I, I wear t-shirts regularly. I wear a t-shirt regularly that says "Make Football Violent Again." Right? Like, I want people to hit people. And that's one of the things I've noticed, man. There's been so many injuries this year that I think these guys are starting to play a little hesitant, a little tentative. And I'm not blaming them. I'm not upset at them. And I know that's not what fans want to hear. I know fans want to hear, you know, we gave 100%. We And, you know, everybody wants somebody to blame, right? So they want to look at Jacoby Brissett and say he was 24-46. That's a horrible completion percentage. Consider all those injuries. Consider the drops. And then... You're when you're playing from behind and the Oakland defense is in like a a deep zone and they've also got a man up on the outside, you're gonna take the under a lot and just take the yards and the completion. Um and then what's gonna end up happening is if the defense tackles well, which Oakland's defense tackled very well yes uh Sunday, uh you're not gonna get a lot of y- yards after the catch. Um, and that, and what really ended up happening is because of the, the Colts being behind the, the Oakland defense was just kind of able to keep everything in front of them, which is the same thing the Colts do when they're ahead. Right. Um, so really just the, the shoe got put in the other foot, the Colts got behind early. I mean, if you really think about the first nine minutes or, you know, seven, eight minutes of football, yes, uh, Sunday, it was like it was just over in a heartbeat. 14-0. 14-0 yeah. in a, with, a, with a quickness. Um, yeah, it was seven, I think it was seven minutes they had. Because the first, uh, first drive for Oakland was 5.51. And then the Colts had a three and out, less mm-hmm. than a minute. And then Oakland scored on that end around, uh, or that, that misdirection end around, uh, on a 60-yard play, the, ne- the first play of the next series. So within seven minutes maybe the the game was 14 to zero and that's unheard of and especially thinking that you know you're playing oakland right yeah and i mean i and and i thought other than the other than the late interception um the colts the colts were in the driver's seat right they they had the the momentum Going in the fourth, obviously, you know, you hate to just see a, a pick six ruin an otherwise, like, perfect football game where you're just like, hey, man, things were rough, but it looked like we kind of steadied the ship. I mean, and I get it. I mean, I'm just, maybe I'm a homer, man. I felt like the first quarter was awful, but after that, I felt like the Colts defense was really good. And, like, <laughs> like yeah, they actually came around, man. Like, I got, I saw... There were tons of plays where it was just like, damn, that was a nice tackle. Holy shit, that's EJ Speed. Right? Like, wow. And then, like, Okariki would make a play. And I'm like, wow, that's that's a rookie. Oh, and then Kari Willis, Willis was plays. freaking yeah. everywhere. And I'm like, wow. All over the place. Those are all rookies that aren't supposed to be getting a lot of playing time. They're supposed to be getting coached up, guys. So I know a lot of people. Um, like, after the first quarter, like, the the – once uh, at the beginning of the second quarter, Oakland scored their third touchdown. Once the second quarter, and that once Oakland went up twenty-one to seven, 
they scored their offense scored three points for the final three quarters. Right. Like I, the defense played really well mm-hmm. after that. And it just the offense didn't have the without TY, without you know with Ebron dropping balls, with Brissett being inaccurate. Um, you know, there is a couple balls to Deion Kane that if Brissett doesn't throw it behind him, Kane can actually make a play on it. Like Kane was targeted five times, had no catches on it. And so I hear a lot of people saying, Oh, well, Deion Kane was terrible. He, he stinks. He's what are they doing? You know, he's on, he's maybe borderline on whether they even keep him on the roster anymore. And I'm going, did you watch the game? Like, he had three balls that were behind him. One was into coverage off on the sideline during the last drive, last drive or the second to last drive. Where one like was a shot in the end zone. Play. Yeah, one was a shot. Yeah, one was a shot in the end zone off to the corner. Mm-hmm. We had no shot at it. Actually, um, actually, if he kept running, that ball landed in bounds and he was open. But like I said, guys aren't playing through to the whistle. Guys are playing hesitant. And a lot of guys that wouldn't be normally playing played on Sunday. So they were a little nervous. And that those nerves got exposed when, um, who was it? What did I say his name was? Trevor Davis? He had that long mm-hmm. touchdown. Dude, that's because the Colts didn't game plan for that person because he wasn't employed last week. Right? And so when they gave it to him on an end around, right, which you would think he would be the decoy and they're going to try to run the ball with Jacobs there, like I said, uh, the young, anxious, you know, when this, this is something that gets got back to it. discipline, like, yeah. and it, this is what happens when you've got a lot of young players on defense mm-hmm. is that uh, young guys that their MO is playing fast. Yeah. And so you've got guys like, Ben Banigou, who at TCU, you know, he pl- he played fast. They played in a different system at TCU. He comes to Indianapolis. They expect him to rush the passer and be able to to dive in. He dove straight down the line to make that tackle on Jacobs. Right. And his responsibility was once he sees that guy coming back to keep outside contain. Right. And to take that guy and bring him back into where everybody else is on the defense, the fact is he got sucked down and it just left it wide open. It was a brilliant play call. And then this is something the Colts are going to have to deal with for the rest of the season is that people are going to recognize that they are a young defense that's inexperienced and that plays to speed. When you do those things, there are certain things that opposing offenses can take advantage. One, obviously misdirection. The second thing is, and Oakland did this quite a bit, is they did a lot of trap bo- trap blocks yep. um, there in that interior of the offensive line. So they had the guard pull around um, to the inside, take out that shoot that gap-shooting defensive tackle. So you didn't see Autry making plays. You didn't see Grover Stewart making plays because they were neutralizing them because they were hitting them in their side as they're going forward and knocking them completely off balance and out of the play. And it happened over and over and over again. In, in this game, it was one of the reasons why now don't get me wrong. Oakland's offensive line dominated the Colts smaller defensive line. Right. And a lot in a lot of situations. However, they were taking advantage of the Colts tendencies. Right. And it's it's smart coaching it is right. what it is. And, you know, the, the players, you know, obviously they, they play hard, but they have to realize and the coaches need to realize in real time that there are some issues that need to be resolved during the game on the fly. 
And if you're seeing that your guys are getting just whacked on in this running game, then you need to make a change. And the Colts didn't. And that's the kind of the thing that's that's really difficult is the the Colts had an opportunity to win this game late. If not for that pick six, I fully believe the Colts go down there, score another touchdown, and take this game to overtime. Because I don't think Derek Carr is gonna gonna bring them into field goal range. Period. No, there were. Hey, so when I look at good teams versus bad teams, and I get it, two and two isn't ideal, right? We we, we certainly said there was a good chance Colts go four and zero. Colts running. Colts have been in position to win all four of these games. I still think, even with all the injuries, the Colts are ahead of where they were through four weeks last year. Well, and here's the other thing to consider. With all these injuries, you're giving these young guys an opportunity to get real game action, which they wouldn't get otherwise. Like That's the thing is I'd rather have guys get injured early. The Colts take their time to get them back, knowing that there's probably not going to be a team in the AFC South that's going to run away with the division. No, not at all. And so I'd rather have them take their time, make sure everybody is completely healthy coming back, so then they don't have to worry about their health as much later on, like with these lingering injuries, and give these young guys an opportunity to play to really kind of see what you got and see what other packages you can put in later down the road. And I think it's a huge thing for the Colts is like, you know, I would have never guessed that you would have seen such great play out of Kari Willis. If, if you had talked to me before the season, that you know, after the second, first or second week, you and I both said, hey, this guy's really kind of making plays when he's in there. He has a real opportunity to overtake Gaithers. I think one of the one of the uh, somebody on Twitter that's got a lot of followers and likes to to boast about that. Um, made a comment about Kari Willis possibly overtaking Gaithers just this past week. Um, and we're like, yeah, we've been talking about that over here at Stampy Blue for a while. Um, and so it's just one of those things where, you know, it's nice to be a little bit ahead of the curve. So, like, you're seeing the play of Okariki where he's getting more comfortable in the system. He still makes mistakes, but he's getting more comfortable with the system, and you see him dice up and shoot those gaps and make those plays on the running backs or break up, you know, break up a screen pass. You're seeing Rakasin make plays. The, the trouble is you've got guys like Quincy Wilson that's taking time away from, from guys. And, and I don't know what's going on with Quincy Wilson right now. Like he should be better, but he's not right now. And it's just really frustrating. He's a guy that I could see Ballard maybe, trying to trade you know here in the next couple weeks is prior prior to the bye week try to trade him get some kind of i know that the colts today signed trayvon coley the defensive tackle off the um ravens practice squad uh and released jihad ward uh to try to beef up the middle of the defensive line which is something we've been talking about that they need to do and so obviously <laughs> right. they're, they're making that decision which is but, good which is based on our content clearly yeah, yeah, and I'm sure they listen to us, and they, they take in everything that we say and, and do that. And if you guys want to give us a shout-out at Colts.com, uh, you know, let us know. We'd be more than happy to uh, to have you on and, and discuss all these things. 
yeah, just give us some credit. Anyway, um, <laughs> and so you've got these guys that these young guys that are getting opportunity to play that otherwise they wouldn't. Um, you know, you're you're seeing, you thought Paris Campbell was going to play um, early. You, you thought maybe Deion Kane would probably be like a wide receiver four on the roster, wide receiver three, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, he's getting an opportunity to play, and even though he's not getting, they're not getting the targets. They are still getting action, and that has purpose. And so I, I feel like people, yeah, the team is injured right now. Yes, it stinks. Realistically, the Colts should be three and one right now. Um, and so I'm a little disappointed that they're two and two. But at the same time, the rest of the schedule is not outside of this next game against Kansas City. Every single one of the games for the remainder of the season is winnable. And that's all you can really ask for. And I, I think it. I kind of, I guess on one way we say we say the Colts uh had a trap game maybe from their perspective it's like hey if if there's a game that we want everyone to be up and ready for it's this sunday night kansas city chiefs at home against the colts in what was supposed to be luck versus mahomes version two right and then Jacoby comes in now. I was just looking at the injury report from today. Obviously, Malik Hooker's out for the future. But Tyquan Lewis, T.Y. Hilton, Darius Leonard, just questionable on a Monday. That's not bad. And I think there's a real chance that this actually will go from the least healthy will be to the healthiest and i think there's there's a some there's some merit to shutting a guy down right like marlon was not having a fun day yesterday he was getting clobbered and uh when the defenses are well, kind of part of that out, was they were going into the two-minute drill and frank Reich uh, explained this after the game is that marlon max just not a part of that two-minute offense that that hurry up offense which right. is kind of befuddling to me because he can catch the ball out of backfield. So it's not like he's, he can't do, it's not like he was like a Jerome Bettis who he can only run into people. Yeah. You know, it's not, he's shifty. He's, he's able to make plays in space. So I don't understand why they don't, I get it in terms of he's not good at pass protection. So if they're going to keep him in and, and try to use him in pass protection, he's a, a massive liability. Yeah. Um, but that's, probably, that's probably why. Just that's got to be keep, it. Keep the you know, mileage now that I've talked myself into it now. <laughs> I, say, I see it. I see why they kept him out there. But he's not a part of that that hurry-up package. And with the Colts being down 14 points for the majority of the third and fourth quarter, I get it. Like, I see why they he wasn't used then, which is, you know, really, again, stinks for my fantasy team, which I know everybody cares about. Right. But uh, it's it's one of those things where it's just part of the game. You You have to go with what what works best for you and your team. And, you know, at that point, Marlon Mack wasn't it. No, when, when people ask me, uh, before the season started, people would text me like, Hey, do you think Marlon Mack's like a RB one? And I told them Marlon Mack is a Ferrari and the Ferrari is built for the Le Mans, the long race. Right. But you are going to overheat that Ferrari driving it to the grocery store and back driving it you know you got to go to the post office several times a day you're going to overheat that motor it's similar with marlon mack 
the big problem is on those long passing downs when he's when the running back is in pass protection and leaking out of the backfield. Uh, the defensive back also gets a full run up and can literally just end his season. Whereas you put Wilkins out there, they don't see two five, so they don't key on the running back, and that's why Wilkins is open every time. So I get it. There's all there's all this like, oh, why don't we use him? Why don't we use him? Like, no, because you need him to run the the big race, not the the little two minute sprint uh, where you're just trying to go A to B as fast as possible, and you've got a heavy heavily scripted. Which, for the record, when they're on script, the Colts are just gas. Like, you watch them, you're like, they just march the ball down the field. Like, they do whatever they want. Um, but like I said, there's a lot of there was a lot of new pieces in place. A lot of uh, rookies getting some shine. And that's now we've kind of talked about week four. Let's talk week five. Colts traveling to Kansas City. How Let me bring up something real quick. Go ahead, go ahead. So you and I talked a little bit before the podcast. We we do like a two minute little thing where we're like, hey, how's how's your day been? Yeah, what yeah. did you do today? You know, pleasantries and stuff. But we talked a little bit about Jacoby Reset. Mm-hmm. And when I rewatched the game film, and you you hit on this a little bit earlier when you're talking about quarterback play. Yeah. Um, what I saw was Jacoby Brissett seemed really limited in what they were having him do in this offense. Mm-hmm. And you you had talked to, made a comment about not getting to your third and fourth read, which I understand that's going to take you a long time in the pocket. Um, now, the good part is Colts offensive line is pretty darn good, so you, you have extra time. But you've got that, like you had mentioned, the three-second clock in your head that you need to have the ball gone. Yes. What I'm noticing with Jacoby Reset is they're giving him two reads, and then he's doing a dump off, which is fine. But his two reads are seemingly always to one side of the field, where it's just to the right side or just to the left side. It's short, deep, deep, short, whatever. And then he's doing a dump off. You know, I think Naheem Hines had like six targets and six receptions because he was just getting like four yard passes, which is fine. Not saying that that's a bad thing. You want to move the ball a little bit here and there. But I wonder if Jacoby Brissett not being able to manipulate defenses with his eyes, like if he knows that his primary read is on the right side, he gets that snap and looks right, straight there. He doesn't try to manipulate the safety like you see those top tier, those elite quarterbacks do, where they try to look the safety to the left to get him to even take one step because you know that one step makes all the difference in your guy having being wide open versus being double covered. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I look at Jacoby Reset and I worry about that. Because he doesn't seem to be able – I don't think that he's not able to. They're not having him manipulate defenses with his eyes. And so teams are able to play that coverage. If they see him look to the right side, like you saw at the end – in the fourth quarter, several times the defenders saw Jacoby look to one side and they just dropped off their their man like and just started fading. Because he wasn't going back. The one time he did was like seven minutes into the fourth quarter. Or with seven minutes left in the fourth quarter, he hit Zach Pascal on that amazing diving catch that he made across the middle. Where Jacoby Reset looked right. One, two. Looked left. Pascal was streaking across the middle and nailed him with a, a dart. Which was a fantastic play. But my concern, like I said, for Jacoby Reset is that 
they're not having him manipulate defenses with his eyes. And once he looks to one side of the field, the other side of the field is totally ignored. And I don't know whether that is the system. I didn't play quarterback in growing up. So I don't know whether that is a massive issue with it. But I know that if he takes that extra time or he looks left to start, the one side of the field seems like it's going to give a little bit because that defender sees that your eyes aren't there. So they're a lot of times playing zone. Like if you're playing a zone defense, that corner is looking into the backfield. So a hundred, a hundred percent of this game and its breakdown is entirely invalid. Just so we're all clear. All the tape that you saw this week doesn't count. T.Y. Hilton's banged up. No Devin Funches, no no Reese Fountain. Those are one, two, and three receivers. Those are the guys that did all the reps all summer long. Twelve hundred friggin' reps. Deion Kane not out there. Call Rogers not out there. Pascal not out there. So when we look at tape and we say Jacoby Brissett's limited, no. Heavy injuries, casualties at the wide receiver position force the Colts to change their game plan. We have to get the ball out of his hands quickly. He needs two read routes run every time get the ball out. Jacoby, if you can't get the ball out in three seconds, go. Just get a plus play. That's literally the game plan. And everybody's out there like, man, Jacoby Brissett has no talent. Really? How about I'm not saying he doesn't have any talent. all of his weapons in the second half of that? Not you. In the second half of that football game, he had no weapons. None. He's going to look average with average weapons. He throws some balls that that I literally rewind and I go, you know what? If that receiver who isn't T.Y. Hilton, isn't Devin Funches, isn't Reese Fountain, keeps running, he catches it. If, Kane Campbell yeah, both did that Both of them times. did that. Where if you just keep going, you make the catch. Or they give up completely and the ball's coming anyway. So I get it. Everybody wants to chide Jacoby Reset for this football game, but you have to consider be situationally aware about this. He was missing ha- all of his playmakers. That's fair. And that's, that's, that's going to limit the game fair. plan. Because now I can't gain – if you're the Raiders, you have to go with known information, right? So you're like, all right, so no no Devin Funches, no Reese Fountain, which any tape they had on these guys, they were they – were, so the same things we look for, like when we, we go to watch – training camp we're catching clips dude that's what opposing teams are looking at that's the tape they get right so i'll be interested to see what they one thing that i did see um that was pretty clear as day is whenever they took a deep shot brissette just stared the receiver down the whole way Right, like he was doing and, it and didn't have a choice, right? Like that was it, just it might have been it, but like when he threw into there was two, the two balls, the two deep balls to Paris Campbell. He had the one into double coverage and then one into quad coverage. No, there, fair, there was like four guys. He there. was still but, loose and he could have come back and made oh, a play on that ball. Oh, he should have. If had he, he should have stopped running, on he a probably, dive and jump, he catches that ball. He he should have kept running that one where it was quad where there were four. Oakland Raiders around him. Yeah, he could have he should have kept running. He would have made that catch. The one that was just a little short, he yeah. stops to come back and make that catch. It's either pass interference or it's a catch. But at both of those times, when you saw him, it was off of play action, which is totally fine. But he just stared it down. Like he didn't even yeah. try to move a safety. Yeah. And on a deep ball like that, 
when you know you're running down that seam, like you really kind of want to look, you know, you've got that deep ball. That's, that's your primary, that's your read. That's your throw. You want to look at the guy that's in that intermediate range, maybe just a little bit to the right while keeping an eye there. So then, you know, all right, I'm going to at least hold this safety for a half a second sure. because he holds that safety for half a second. Paris Campbell probably makes that first catch mm-hmm. with, if, if he's not going into double coverage, but everything you're saying right now is valid. Like to sit there and judge Jacoby Brissett completely off of like receivers, not making plays yeah. is unfair to Brissett because and there, and he you is have missing to point his top out three. When he, you have to point out when he makes those plays where you literally have to Some sit of them, back and go, you're like, wow. All right. Like that, like that ball, the Pascal, I stopped and sat there for a minute and thought that is an NFL throw. Like I went yeah. back and watch that. Like, Dude, that was a ball he threw when he was in his break, and it was so crisp that Pascal didn't have any choice. That shit hit him in the chest. And I was just like, you know what? Brissett is going to be just fine. Everybody needs to calm down. This is going to be a rough ride, right? Even if we're healthy, Sunday night was going to be tough anyway, right? But it didn't help that your number one weapon is limited, is out for the game, right? Like, no T.Y. Hilton means that all the practice you do, think about practicing against this Colts defense. How many downfield attempts do you complete against this Colts defense in practice? Probably not very many. It's probably tough sledding. So I imagine the game plan was we're going to run these guys off and you're going to toss the ball because they have to look at percentage plays. Everything, once your game plan breaks down, all your decisions are made based on what has the highest probability of getting positive yardage and the outcome that we want, right? Like from a fan's perspective, everybody's like, this isn't entertaining football. This check down Charlie. People don't like that. But the reality is when your receivers are all injured, now it's we, ha- we can't get anybody else hurt. So we have to be pretty careful about what we do with the ball. We've got to spread it around so they can't really key on one guy. And then ultimately, what we're going to have to do is run people off so we can throw underneath balls, safe balls, that just get completions to get some momentum, right? Because everything in football is a momentum game. So the, the issue on its face is that people are scoffing, right? Like I've, I've checked a couple, I've checked on a couple crazy Colts accounts on Twitter uh, where they make these comment, these abject comments about Jacoby Reset on the whole. And then I think like, well, outside of this past week. And to be clear, he's still top 10 in the NFL in quarterback rating. He's leading the league in touchdowns with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. So these these, these offenses have – and for the record, Mahomes was humbled last week. So not nearly as dominant last week. And I'm telling – I told you guys – the Colts offense is run first for the most part. So they're not going to be on the field a lot. And and here's, here's my thought process. I want to win games against teams that I think are quality football programs. Like, I have to win against Tennessee, not because I think they're quality because they're a division opponent, but, like, the Chargers. You really wanted to win that game. You really want to win week two against Tennessee. And then this game this past week was, again, you just saw half the team was out or injured. That's a game you lose. It's a game of nobody's home, right? We're doing all this, these things we don't normally do. Guys are getting the ball. They don't even know how to touch the ball. And they're, and they're making mistakes, 
right? Because they're getting put in spots they aren't being. Like I said, this is one of those games where you just say, you know what? You can look at the data because it contributes on the whole, but it's kind of an outlier game. And this happens. Every NFL team has games like this where just – I mean, you think about Gary it. Slinner, the Rams how, got how beat much? by the Buccaneers. Oh, this is the a freak, Rams got beat by the, the Buccaneers. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Even the, the, Steelers, the Steelers at home was an upset. That was Steelers beat the Bengals. I know. Steelers at home was an upset. The Bengals were favored by one. Weren't they? Yes. That's crazy. I bet I bet I bet on it. And I was like, there's wow. no way there's no way Mason Rudolph beats this Bengals team at home. Like and sure enough. Um so like there's just a or weird like, you know, Bills almost beat the Patriots. Yeah. It, and the, the, they, the Broncos should have beaten the the Jaguars. That you know the Chiefs almost lost to Detroit, if not for like a fluke fumble call that should have been called down from Carry on Johnson at the one, and Maybe they let Ravens it go. Yeah, the Ravens got beat by the Browns at home. Yeah, like so. now again, Browns are a solid team, and you know, so I, I give that one a little bit of a of a of a break there. But any given Sunday. Like, all of these guys are professional football players. Every single one of these guys that are playing in the NFL today were likely the best football player to ever come out of their high school. Or their state. Yeah, some out of their (laughs) state, yeah. Like, that's that's it. Like, you have to understand, these guys, everybody that's playing in the NFL are all talented. And so, any given Sunday, anything can happen. So... Yeah, so anyway, I just wanted to talk about Brissett a little bit because we had mentioned that earlier. So let's go ahead and, and move on to, to this next week's game. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, like I said, I think it's fair to look at him on the whole and say, you know, not he doesn't have quite the ceiling that Andrew Luck showed, but it's not the, it's not on the same path. They don't have the same trajectory, right? Like, you knew watching Andrew Luck play at some point, he's just going to get hurt. When you watch Jacoby Brissett play, you're like, that's a week in, week out quarterback. He didn't give up a sack, right? Like he made plus plays on his feet, right? He moves well. Like, sure, you can always, but you can always be down five people, right? And just be tough to move the ball on offense. So I'm excited for his future because he gets some time. Like we talked about, this week is tough. Right. This is this is a nearly unstoppable object in the Kansas City offense. Um, one of the one of the most exciting offenses in the NFL because they have a lot of weapons and they just seem to to drag them in OTS. Right. It's off the street. They just bring them in. They're like, oh, here's this guy with blazing track speed that you've never heard of for yardage and touches. Um, so yeah, I, I'm really excited to see what, what can happen when in a controlled football game, right? Cause when the, the chiefs get loose, man, that's tough sledding, right? If the chiefs just start throwing the ball over the field, like this is going to be a long game yeah. for the Colts. Like mm-hmm. the Colts can win this game if they get healthy and if they control time of possession, yeah. uh, it's that, it's that same new England Patriots style that they had against the Colts for so many years is that if they can control time of possession, just eat up time, give Mahomes limited number of snaps with the ball, then maybe 
you know, you can keep this game close and possibly win it. I think that Kansas City will undoubtedly overlook the Colts this week. Oh, for sure. Just because you've got all these injuries. They just lost to the Raiders. Kansas City is going to be coming off a high, mm-hmm. uh, coming back and beating the, the Lions, who at the time, I, I believe the Lions were, are now 3-1 and one on the season. They are were, they 3-0-1? Three three and, tied, right? Oh, yeah, 3-0-1, yeah. Yeah. Um, or 3-2-1-1? Yeah. 2-1-1? 2-1-1, yeah. And so, you know, they're, they're coming off a, a, a pretty, you know, emotional win for them uh, to come back and win in Detroit. So this is... This has got the makings of a trap game for Kansas City, yep. oddly enough. Um, and so the Colts, if they get healthy and they can get T.Y. back and you know, they get Leonard back. And as you mentioned before, the injury report says both of them are questionable. Get you know, a Taekwon Lewis back. They have an opportunity to play a very competitive game against the Chiefs if they can control time of possession. And the Chiefs defense, you could... I, I'm going to throw this out there. I think that the offensive line can can control this game. In, yeah, the, the, Kansas in, in this City, the Kansas City interior defensive line is questionable at best. Chris Jones is solid, but solid. You know, they're, they're, they're other, you know, if they put him against Lewinsky, then I don't like that matchup for the Colts because um, Lewinsky had a really bad game this past week, as yes, you know, as did, did um, Braden Smith wasn't yeah. wasn't great either. Um, no, they're getting blown off the ball. And, and so – you know they could that could be an issue, but if you're looking at you know if Chris Jones lines up over on on Quentin Nelson's side, then I feel really confident about that as a Colts fan, um, and I feel confident in in how the Colts can control the game, and so that that's my takeaway. If if this if the Colts aren't healthy, um, that's going to be an issue, and if they can't control time of possession. They're probably going to get beat by two scores. Um, if they do control time of possession, they've got a, a puncher's chance of winning the thing. Yeah, and, that, and that's and that's why it's pretty good for the Colts that their their down was before their high, right? Because this is prime time football. This is when you're if you're going to get jacked up and play football at its highest level. Outside of the stinking Super Bowl, it's Sunday Night Football, right? Like, and I get it, Monday, Monday Night Football has got a little bit of fanfare to it, but I'm already tired by Monday Night. So, like, Sunday Night Football is, like, really the pinnacle of the sport, uh, out, again, outside of going to the big dance. Um, so, I'm, I just, man, I'd love to see, like, a healthy Darius Leonard in year two and a healthy T.Y., on the road, get a big win in Arrowhead. I just feel like that'd be like a good kind That'd of kickoff. That'd be huge going into the bye week. Yeah, because you you you're gonna fight. This is gonna be a difficult ball game. I expect the cornerbacks for the Colts to rise up, like they have been chided so far this year for not being there. Like they're in the position to make the play, they're just not making the play. Like being a little hesitant again. We've, it's the theme in this podcast. Is just go, just do it. Go all the way through. You know, I see guys like pulling up, and then the and then the ball falls into Tyrell Williams' hands for a touchdown, and Quincy Wilson standing there with his hands on his hips, and I'm just like, how, did, Quincy? Like stick your hand out, knock the ball off his hand. Yeah, he like at he least he needed to have better coverage. Now, 
Williams on that play, like he had a nice little subtle move with his inside hand yeah. to give himself some space. Yeah. But you're never going to see that called. Never. Um, it, it was just, it's a smart play by him. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Quincy Wilson was to sit him go see him just throw his hands up in there. You're like, come on, man. What yeah. happened? <laughs> <laughs> really? You're just like, oh my gosh. Like, and even like Rocky Yassin, like, I can't, man. I was just looking at this a couple minutes ago. Do you guys realize how many rookies the Colts have that are like getting valuable playing time? Like, it's, it feels good. And, and, Five and I'm on not defense. saying, and I'm not off saying this is a negative thing. It's not a negative thing. There's a, a, Campbell's getting time on offense. Yeah. But then you've got Kyrie Willis. Rakiasin, Okariki, EJ Speed, Banigo. and Ben Banago, all yeah. on defense that are getting time. So all those and players significant are getting, time. So are getting significant time. So what that does is it lets the guys that are banged up get healthier, right? So the the the, the stud, right? The Darius Leonard, the, the the Ferrari that you need for the long the long races. Uh, he's just getting better. And I remember, you got to remember, we talked about this in in prior conversations we've had, not just podcasts, where we've said, remember, the way that the NFL explains it is that they divide the season into quarters. Right. So like this, we're just we're just through the first quarter we're into the second quarter. Our second quarter just happens to have a big Sunday night game and then a bye week. And then the remaining games on schedule, like we said, are all winnable games. Um, so, you know, I really hadn't even looked. I'd been, I'd been, I'd watched uh, the games the Chiefs had been in. Like I'd seen the games, hadn't actually compared the two quarterbacks. Kind of makes you wonder. Kind of makes you wonder. Yeah, I don't know. Tyreek Hill's. Uh, is he going to be back this week? No, no, he's out for at least a couple more weeks. So you, you're the Colts right now are dealing with you know Damian Williams, uh, Daryl Williams, Lashawn McCoy, um, Hardeman. Their big Colts' biggest issue in this game is going to be Travis Kelsey. Oh yeah. Um, at, in terms of the defense, because you're going to have to figure out somebody that's going to cover him. Now the emergence of Kyrie Willis that could be an option there. Quincy Wilson. Um, has actually played really, really well covering tight ends. Um, and so that might be an option since he's clearly having trouble covering wide receivers. That's um, a funny joke. It might be might be best to move him inside against somebody that's a little bit bigger and slower. Um, and so that could be an option there for the, the Colts defense. And I think that they're going to try to blitz Mahomes and with, with corners. Like They'll probably send Kenny Moore um, in there to see if maybe they can mix things up. And so, you know, from a defensive standpoint, they've got if, – if Leonard gets healthy and they they move Wilson over to play Kelsey, they've – again, they've got a puncher's chance because I'm not worried about their wide receivers going crazy. And I'll say this, and Hardman's going to go for like 170 yards and everything. I was going like to say, bite your tongue, <laughs> I know. Um, but, you know, it, it, they don't have that dominant receiver like uh, Tyreek Hill. Who right. on his own can get open. All the yeah. other wide receivers need to be schemed open, and they're part of that game. They're yep. part of Andy Reid's genius game plan that he always has. Oh yeah. And so, I'm not afraid of everybody else, like right. I would be of Tyreek Hill. Just like 
Patrick Holmes isn't really afraid of the Colts' defense with Malik Cooker out. Right, which yeah. is where I think th- that was kind of something I was thinking about earlier in the in our show here is I was thinking about uh, if I'm the Kansas City Chiefs, how am I looking at the 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 hooker injury? How am I looking at that, and how am I going to game plan now? And I think this is how this is a trap game for Mahomes. So just take just enjoy this ride with me to close our podcast. I think the Colts win. Because what happens when your opponent's safety, your your all-pro center fielder, is out, is your game plan is to attack their weakness, right? And what that means is when the, when Mahomes drops back and he has his eyes downfield, he's going to get drilled by Jabal Sheard one time. And I have a feeling, I, I've been saying this for a while now, but now I get to say it on a podcast with people that actually listen to this podcast. The quarterbacks are getting smaller. The defensive linemen, the pass rushers are monsters. And if one hit changes the outcome of a football game. And I've been saying it for a while, but look at all these quarterbacks that are injured out this year. Understand that Derek Carr got hit one time on Sunday and came up limping. So it's it, it's like the Colts are headed in the right direction all the way around. So regardless of the outcome... Right, we want to we want to kind of laugh and joke and say the Colts have a puncher's chance. I think it's real. I think if you just look at the if you look at the data, the Colts have a better defense than the Chiefs do, and their offenses are relatively productive. Like I said, Mahomes and Brissett are both have ten touchdowns. I get it. Uh, Mahomes is thrown for like fifteen hundred yards to Jacoby's nine hundred. But this is going to be a tight football game, tighter than they expect. Again, I wouldn't put it past anyone for like a a 34-31 game, just going to be a little higher scoring, uh, but I expect it to be close. Um, wish good luck to the Colts. You want to run us out the building today? Um, yeah, uh, yeah. So I, I, can, I'm, I'm with you. I think that the Colts are, are gonna surprise some people this weekend, and and people shouldn't be surprised if if it is a competitive game, or even if the Colts take one out. Um, now, again, you could see it going both ways. That could be a, just an absolute blowout, and it could be really tight game. So it's going to be fun open, to watch. Right? Yeah. yeah, it's going to be fun to watch uh, unless it does become an absolute blowout, and then I'll be just going to bed early. So that sleeps <laughs> fun too. Um, no, I, no, I, I like I like to time. sit in the sit in the middle of the cesspool with all the other people that are miserable. Uh, like, oh, we're horrible. Oh, we're uh, horrible. Uh, Jacoby's overrated. It's like, dude, shut up. It's like one football game. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, right. It's it's one football game. The the division, no matter what happens this weekend, the Colts will be within one game of the division. Right. Regardless With of what happens, the Colts five games close. left in the division still to play, and you've got a road division win already under your belt. Yep, Colts are looking just fine. This is going to be a good week regardless of the outcome. This has been Steven and Jared with Afternoon Pancakes brought to you by Stampede Blue. Have a good week, everybody, and we'll see you next week.